Welcome to McChesney Unchained, a new show on the DNVR Podcast Network. Before we jump into it, we want you to know that this is a little different than our other shows. Matt McChesney is going to give you an uncensored take on what's going on in the football world, and if you have kids around, you may want to listen to this at another time. McChesney's opinions do not represent those of DNBR, but they are real, and they come from a CU legend who spent six years battling in the NFL trenches. Now, sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 63 of McChesney Unchained on the DNVR.com podcast network. Make sure you go to the DNVR.com, check out all the amazing content. Hats off to Brandon Spano for uh, everything he does. The business is absolutely blown up and uh, there's a lot of big things happening at DNVR, so check it out. Um, This is McChesney Unchained, episode 63, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one to say the least. Um, Look, we've got a lot to talk about. From uh, signing day getting wrapped up in the class of 2020, uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit, I'm going to tell you a little story about myself and uh, why I am the way I am, and I'm going to shed some light on something that's been bothering me for 10 years. Um, We're also going to talk about, obviously, the Nuggets, everything they're going through, Joker going off the other night, 30, 20, and 10. Only the, what, let's see, eighth player, yeah, one of 10 players. One of 10 players in NBA history to, to go 30, 20, and 10. And then obviously we'll talk about Super Bowl 54 and uh, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid getting their their first ring in 50 years and Andy Reid getting his first as a head coach, which is pretty big time. Eric Bieniemy not getting enough love, but we're definitely going to shine that light uh, on the Chiefs offensive coordinator and everything that he accomplished and has accomplished. Um, he's going to be a great head coach one day. Uh, you know, and I'll propose a couple of questions and think about this Broncos country, but if the Broncos underachieve next year and Fangio's let go, would you like a guy like Aaron Bieniemy to be your head coach here in Denver? And if you immediately go to, well, we already hired a buff in Vance Joseph, it's not even the same guy. It's not even close. Um, so think about that, stew on that question. But, uh, like I said, we have a lot to talk about and, uh, it's just the big dog in here at Six Zero Studios today, so... Let's get rolling. Okay, so like I always say about this time, um, Six Year Academy is the Twitter handle, and it's also the handle on Instagram, and it's also the handle for our YouTube page where all of the top six videos are and a bunch of other content. Go check it all out. Um, also check out SixYearStrength.com. It's the website for the gym, uh, the dungeon here. Uh, this place is truly the bridge, and we're about to talk about why. Um, <clears throat> when we're... In here working, and I'm on these guys' ass, and, you know, they come in and invest with their parents. This is the goal. What happened in December and what happened yesterday uh, or two days ago, whatever it was. And for this many guys to be going again, we had 22 signed this year. It should be 24, but I can't claim the other two kids because they quit so fast after they got offered. But to have 22 guys sign from you know D3 scholarships, my man George over at Cherokee Trail, 
signed a $120,000 scholarship for four years, $120,000. And, you know, it, that kid has busted his ass for me. You know, he came in here, he's undersized, but he's one of the smartest kids I've ever worked with. And George just, Gigi went to work. And, and you know, all of his coaches at Cherokee Trail told him that he couldn't play and not to come here and he's wasting time and all this other bullshit. And I wonder now what they say. And they didn't even say anything to him at his signing day celebration. They're mad at him for getting a $120,000 scholarship. Um, from George to Cole Taylor going to LSU and Aiden going to Notre Dame and Reese going to Michigan, Carson going to CU. We had, you know, the, the second round, the one double A's and D2's pretty much, uh, you know, finished up the, the recruiting trail. And we had 22 guys sign. We had Juco guys sign. We have transfers going. We're helping Matt Lynch, the tight end from uh, Legacy and UCLA. We're helping him transfer right now. We're helping Joe Bryson. He's a Rock Canyon kid. He's at Mesa. Played two years down there. Big 6'8 tackle. We're helping him transfer now. So we're truly the bridge. And to people that are smart enough to understand that and come in here and investigate for themselves and figure out that I'm not the devil and I'm not in here lighting people on fire or anything, I respect those people a ton because they're chasing their own dream. You don't need to ask permission to do you. Last time I checked, this was America. So when it goes full circle to my beef with Colorado, I think Colorado is hobby town. I think there's a lot of people that view it as a hobby. And then they take it re really seriously on Friday nights and they wonder why everyone else doesn't take it as seriously. You have to take it serious Monday through, sat through, through Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. Friday night is the payoff. The other days we have to work and invest. And as a coach, this is the way I feel about this. If you still have problems with kids coming into my facility, like Joe Johnson over at Cherokee Trail does, you know, he, that guy's been doing this to me since Sam Jones was a sophomore in high school at Thunder Ridge. When I met with Sam and his mom and we talked about his progression and what he needed to do to get what he wanted, about a week later, Joe walked into my, like, three facilities ago when I was working with a couple of pros. I think it was Garland and Precheck, actually. And, hey, where? Who's the owner of this place? All breath and shit. And, you know, that was almost 10 years ago. And he's still doing it now over at Cherokee Trail. So, I think it's insane. I don't get it. Um, you know, he's got great players over there. Sam Hart's a tight end that plays there. And I know damn well that he works with other people. And he doesn't get his balls busted. But the the six zero guys do, and it doesn't make sense to me because you're a grown fucking man. It's your job to do what a coach's responsibility is. You can't get angry at kids for wanting to go excel. That's what we want out of our youth. These coaches at Cherokee Trail told me that Travis Gray, all six foot eight, three hundred pounds of him, okay who didn't play varsity for Cherokee Trail last year. He just stands on the sidelines. I don't get it. They told me he couldn't play. He didn't want it. He didn't like football. He's not aggressive in practice. We can't get him to go out and do it. No, you just don't know how to develop him. Because in eight months of him showing up at 5 a.m., seems like he likes it to me because I'm way harder than you guys are on him. In eight months, we turned him into a Division I offer, and he hasn't even played varsity football. The kid has totally changed mentally. He's taking off. His parents invested in the program at the chagrin of everybody at Cherokee Trail. And this kid just took off. 
Les Miles and Luke Meadows offered him in my office, the University of Kansas, Power 5, Division 1 offer, as a 15-year-old sophomore. So I'm not going to listen to the people at Cherokee Trail tell me I'm crazy. Mason Maddox is a hell of a player. They fuck with him. They don't need to mess with the kids at Cherokee Trail. Just let me do my job or do your job. If you don't like me, do your job, and then the kids won't come here. We don't have a whole lot of our kids in here. The guys that do come in come to get extra work and help. But they do a great job with their guys. The guys at Creek come in to do extra work. They get help. Coach Logan does a great job. We actually have communication. Coach Marsh at Eagle Crest does a great job. His kids are, kids are independent. They can do their own thing. I trained his son, for God's sakes. He's at Kansas State now, one of the 22. He does an awesome job. And then there's this other faction of coaches who are so intimidated by me and what I do and refuse, refuse to investigate on their own. And I don't need to investigate you. I know what Colorado high school football is. I played it. I know what it is. I know what Northern Colorado high school football is. I know what Southern Colorado high school football is. And I know what the Denver metro area Colorado high school football is. Chassa has made it okay for coaches to control players. Because they do open enrollment and then they dupe everybody into thinking that, you know, you can't leave unless you relocate. You have to buy a new house to fucking transfer schools, but it's open enrollment? Chasta doesn't help the players at all. They're all there to supplement the coaches. I bet you 90% of the, of the, the places that have problems, the AD and the coach are probably really good friends. The good old boys league, man. And I know this is going to piss people off and I could care less. I don't care. If something good comes out of the controversy, then kick ass. If something bad comes out of it, what the fuck? You're going to tell more people not to come in here? You're already doing that shit. I wouldn't, if it's open enrollment in Colorado, I wouldn't send my kid to Cherokee Trail. I wouldn't send him to Regis. I mean, there, there are certain places that I'm just trying to keep at arm's distance as much as humanly possible because of the negativ negativity. You know, I played six years in the league. I got my full vest and pension. Um, I'm in a lot of these, some of these coaches are ex-players. I'm in the same union as you, bro. So, you know, it's in football a lot of the time you hear things that are just crazy to me. But a lot of folks look at what you didn't accomplish rather than what you did, even when they never did shit. And, you know, what I hear a lot from my guys and from the parents, and this is a real issue, guys. This has been going on for years. And I'm finally getting it off my chest, and it really actually feels pretty good. Um, a lot of what I hear is they don't think we're actually working over here. They don't think we're doing board work. They don't think we're actually helping the kids. They don't think we're actually developing players. But the college coaches keep coming. So how can you explain that? The college coaches are telling me what I'm doing is right to keep doing it. We love the fact that we develop and do recruiting. No one else does that. We have real connections. And I hope, you know, I've seen now that there's a lot of guys posting on Twitter and getting their names out there and working with other places, kind of copying the model that we've set here at 6-0. And I dig that shit. Go. Go get yours. Work with whoever you want. Work hard. Chase your goals. Go get your shit. Don't let anybody tell you what you can't fucking do. No adult worth his salt is going to hold a young person back from chasing any dream. Chase that shit. Go get that shit. It's there. But don't just be, don't just be a guy. Don't be a free school seeker. Be a foundation fucking football player. Learn what 11 3 by one under Sam Stack, strong safety force man, cover one fence means. Learn what pirate means. Learn what a three, four, five man slide is. Learn what a squeeze gap is. Learn what green dog means. 
Learn what Sarah, Sally, Crace, Crease, Allie. Learn what all this shit means. Learn how to dissect film instead of watch it. I had a guy that's training for pro day say to me, I don't need to pay for film study. I'm going to teach myself. Okay, have fun with that. The male ego is a funny thing. I deal with it too, all right? I think I'm right. I just have affirmation from people that I know are right. The college coach is Les Miles. If he okayed this offer for a 15-year-old kid and they haven't even said congratulations to him at Cherokee Trail, he's a bad guy for getting offered and working his ass off? When Mason Maddox got offered last year by CSU and you benched him on offense and put him on defense, was that because you didn't have anything to do with the offer? Because I know damn well that he knows his calls. He's a 3-5 student. I don't care if this pisses you off over there, guys. I hope it does piss you off. I'm tired of your bullshit. You either come over here and talk to me or shut the fuck up and let the kids do what they want and be consistent. Stop playing favorites. Jesus, man. So, moving forward here. Um, it's a huge problem. Parents, you're in control. They are your children. All the coaches need, they need, like, donations for jerseys and shit every year. I mean, hold them over the fire and make sure they're doing their job. I Again, I don't care if this pisses you off. I'm addressing a broad problem. If my podcast and me talking about this issue, something I am totally and unequivocally qualified to talk about, so shut the fuck up sitting there acting like we don't do what we're doing in here. The numbers don't lie. It is not a joke. We are absolutely revolutionizing the way the, the players are developed and recruited. And anybody that wants to step to me about that shit, come on in here and have a conversation. But stop running your fucking mouse out there in the world like you know me or know Six Zero or know what we do. Or what we've been through. You don't know shit. I'm a fire-breathing monster for my guys. I want them to be successful. I hold them accountable. I don't give a shit who you are. There's a really, really good player going to Washington from Colorado. He got all of his offers in this room. We had to fire him because he stood me up three times in a row. His dad got mad at me because of my voicemail. You know, if you just want to sleep in and mommy's making pancakes, then I guess that's okay. You just let me know when you want to go, big guy. And his dad got so mad at me. Well, I should have charged him 450 bucks for three stand-ups. I'm just saying, man, it's about personal accountability. I have fucked up so much in my life. I was such a dumbass when I was a kid. When I hear college coach, when Joe Johnson said to me back in the day, when I was working with Sam Jones, somebody that will be here at 11 o'clock today and was drafted by the Broncos and now playing for the Cardinals down in Arizona, okay? Telling me that, well, why Sam doesn't need you. You didn't have anybody like this and you got there. And if I would have had somebody like this, I guarantee I would have gotten drafted. I probably would have moved to offense in college because he would have helped me see what I couldn't see. I never would have been drinking as much as I would have. I wouldn't have been smoking like I did. I wouldn't have been chasing ass like I did in college. I would have been in the books. I would have been trying to graduate early, early enroll, and do things correctly rather than just thinking, oh, I'm the shit because I'm 6'5", 260. No, I didn't maximize myself. That's why I'm trying to get everybody else to maximize themselves. So everybody... From the, the fake friends that I've had who have turned their back on me left and right, and we're going to talk about that in a second too, to the partners that quit on me and sued me and have made my life a living hell for the last five years, and I refuse to quit. I'm never going to go anywhere. I ain't going nowhere. You will have to peel me out of Colorado. 
We are immersed in this community. I love the fact that you don't like us. That means what we're doing is right. It means what we're doing is getting to you. Good. I'm glad it's getting to you. Pick your shit up and try and match it. That's what we do here. Instead of pointing the finger at me like I'm the bad guy, maximize your own shit and make sure your kids and their parents actually get what they're paying for. The investment here is real. Any kid or parent that has anything negative to say against this place either got offered a and there's plenty of them, or, or just quit the program all outright after not being able to hack the work. We had a kid this year, okay, signed up in June or July. Good athlete, really hardworking kid. I'm sure it's his dad that freaked out because he doesn't know what he's talking about and he doesn't trust his own investment, which is stupid. We sent him on 20 scholarship or 20 recruiting trips, okay? We sent him to Air Force twice. We sent him to Nebraska. He's on the sideline in Lincoln. He's up in Boulder. He's up at CSU. I'm trying to present him, trying to get eyes on him. The team he plays on is one and fucking nine last year. They've thrown the ball like 40 times all season. He plays quarterback. It's really hard to get eyes on that kid because he's 5'9". He's a really good athlete, but it's going to be tough, so he needs help. The kid's working his ass off, and the dad, after they, you know, we move into the offseason – he, he has a, 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 like a surgery. And I'm like, yo, you shouldn't be running on that. Get on the bike. And the next day, I get a phone call from his father screaming at me, telling me I'm a piece of shit. I didn't do anything to help his kid, even though we sent him on countless trips. And fuck me and watch my back and don't talk about my son. I'm not talking about him. It's an evaluation, you fucking moron. That's the way coaches work. Um, and all this other shit. And then he petitioned Square to go get all of his money back like a fucking coward. I only did the work. I'll see you in court, dog. <laughs> I ain't giving you shit back. There's no refunds here. It says it's plainly on the fucking sheet. Go get the money out of your kid's ass or stop fucking holding him back and let him go chase his dream, idiot. I know I'm never going to see you again. What the fuck do I care? It's your ass. I don't need to do anything to hold him back. His high school team's one and nine. They're doing that there. So look, I'm not in the business of getting along with everybody. I'm not going to go along to get along. I'm not going to fucking be... Of a fake Christian so I can fucking get in with all these people. I don't believe in that shit, dude. But I also don't hate on it. But at the same time, I played in the National Football League in a room full of fucking hypocrites. I'd say 20% of the guys that I met in the league that are, that, are, that are Christians and Catholics and take religion seriously are really taking it seriously. And I, I really look at that because people are always trying to petition me to go to church and shit and believe. If you want me to believe and you got a, a cross tattoo on your arm and you wear one around your neck and then after the game on Saturday night or Sunday night or Monday when we're off, you're at the strip club too. You're fucking smoking dope and drinking and acting like a complete heathen, but every Sunday morning you're giving up praise? I mean, fuck you. And you want me to follow that shit? No, I can't. I don't do hypocrite shit. I can't do it. And I look, I don't care what you think either. It means nothing to me, man. You sound stupid. Every one of you morons out here that say, oh, I'm a Chesney guy's an asshole. I am. I'm a huge asshole. And I fight hard for my guys. And that's why they're successful. That's why, they get, that's why they're at the top of the fucking list. Because I'm persistent and, and, and I'm an asshole. I'm telling you, it'll get you a long way in the world. Especially when you're trying to help people. I don't just sit there the first time someone says, oh, he can't play. And I'm like, you're right, coach. I can't develop him either. He can't play. Fuck that. 
If you can't develop a six foot eight, 300 pound, 15 year old kid that wants it and will show up at five in the morning, four days a week, you're not a good coach or you don't want to do it. Those are facts. Come see me, dog. I'm right down here. Six zero. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, God, dude. I'll tell you. We could talk about this shit all day, but we're not going to. We're going to move forward. Um, remember, we're at Six Zero Academy. And I just, I got to take hat off. Travis Gray getting his first offer by the University of Kansas. Big time. Uh, Braden Miller got Kansas as well. Caden Weatherby also got the University of Kansas. Coach Meadows came in, offered all three of those guys. Been seeing a lot of guys on Twitter getting a lot of love. That's awesome. Congratulations, man. Uh, you, you all you all have earned it. And keep working because getting there ain't the goal, guys. Foundation football players are guys that they can build around at the next level, not guys that they have to figure out a way to work around. So figure that out. Um, Trey Zoon, my man Trey Zoon commits to Texas A&M over the weekend. Coach Henson and Coach Fisher. I talked to Coach Henson after he committed, and the guy is so excited doing backflips. And, uh, you know, that's pretty cool for Trey. He walked in here as a 14-year-old kid, you know, four years ago with a huge goal. And people were telling him not to come down here, not to chase it, blah, blah, blah. And his parents invested in the program, both being Texas A&M Aggies. And I remember his pops and his mom, when after he got all of his offers, his mom was in here crying, big hugs. And that's awesome. Mrs. Zunes kicks ass. She's a great woman. And Jimmy, his pops, is a really good dude and works his ass off and, they're both Aggies, so that's that just keeps the party going, and I can't wait to go down there next year, September 19th, with him and his family and see the whole facilities and go to the game, CU A&M. Uh, in 04, when we played there, we lost in double overtime, and it still bothers me, so uh, that that's pretty damn cool. He comes back to Folsom his freshman year, so I'm really excited and happy for my man Trey Zoon. Uh, my, my boy Chase Penry from Cherry Creek. Um, who I think is the best receiver in, in, in Colorado. Guy really re re reminds me a lot of Jordy Nelson. Commits to the University of Colorado. Uh, he's a big-time fucking possession receiver, but he can also isolate and go one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, him and Dudley and Costanzo. And, I mean, there's they're all committed to CU. And the way that they embrace this next kid, Braylon Nelson, who's from Vista Peak, who signed up the other day, is committed to CU as well. This kid's a six foot seven, 310-pound tackle. And they, I had Dudley, Costanzo, and Chase all train him his first night in here because he's got to be accountable to his teammates, not really be accountable to me. I'm just the bridge. I don't really give a shit where he plays. That's another narrative that needs to get squashed. I love CU. Of course I want my guys to go there if that's where they want to go. But I could give a shit where they play. It's not my dream. So shut the fuck up with that, too. Anybody out there who's telling you what I say or do... They have an agenda. They don't even know me. I've got like 10 friends, dude. I've got a ton of acquaintances that think we're friends. We're not fucking friends. We're in business together. I've got 10 friends that are my boys that actually know me. The rest of you people, keep fucking searching. <sighs> okay, so Zoom, obviously A&M. Chase goes to CU, which is awesome. That The way that Dudley and Costanzo and Chase and Dudley, man. Caden Dudley is a fucking leader. You better watch out for that kid. He's going to go to CU. And he's going to latch on to Mel Tucker's hip, and, and he's going to be a little Mel. And that kid is so versatile. He could easily play slot receiver up there, too. He's going to be returning kicks. And he's just a hitting son of a bitch. And the way that he took absolute control of the group and Chase and Anthony, the way they helped out and got into it and helped Braylon was awesome. Uh, it's good to see them coming together already. Uh, they're all going to be up in Boulder together. Um, so it's it's pretty awesome. And 6-0 is blowing the fuck up right now. And uh, check out 60strength.com or at 60academy on Twitter, Instagram, and the YouTube page. All right, so let's move forward here. That was the 60 quick step. Go check it out. 
Um, so we're going to do the, uh, the at Sunkiss Denver golden moment. I want you to go check out at Sunkiss Denver on Instagram. Uh, it's my wife's spray tan business. It's all organic. All you guys out there, husbands, you're looking for Valentine's Day gifts. This is a great one. There's a foot of snow on the ground right now. It is freezing, but we've got an incredible spray tan facility here. Uh, and the, your, your women can come in and get bronzed up and feel really good about themselves in the winter and stop being all pasty and maybe take off the sweatpants. And fellas, I know you'd like that. Um, so check it out at Suckkiss Denver on Instagram uh, and, uh, and try it out. All right. My, my wife, Michelle, does a great job. So the Suncast Golden Moment goes to our Golden Nuggets. Uh, the Denver Nuggets the other night went to Utah and won with seven dudes. Seven fucking dudes, man. Big cojones. Um, and the Joker went off, man. I mean, Joker is going to be one of the best big men ever. And I really hope they can figure out a way to win a title or two so he can solidify that. He could be, he's like a bigger, stronger Dirk to me. Dirk was more of a perimeter guy, but a Joker can stroke it from out there. He can really stroke it from out there. I really, I think that this guy has so much damn natural ability. For him to be one of 10 players in NBA history to go for 30, 21, and 11? 30 points, 21 boards, and 11 dishes, and then they only play with seven dudes? Holy shit. The trades they made, whatever. It's the end of the bench. Coach Malone knows what he's doing. He's trying to offload some shit. He's trying to get some assets. Good, do it. Uh, hopefully they can attract some free agents this offseason and try and get another big shooter. I think that's probably what's going to hold him back in the playoffs if anything does, unless Joker does this shit, and then he's going to win fucking finals MVP. Uh, but I don't know if 30, 21, and 11 is sustainable. Uh, right now they're like a half game out of the second spot or something like that. So I'd imagine that Denver is going to have home, home court. Um, I guess the key is going to be, are they going to be able to beat the Clippers and beat the Lakers in seven games? And that, that's going to be tough. So, you know, I guess we'll see what happens there. But, shit, I'm pretty happy about the, the Nuggets being as good as they are. They were really shitty my entire childhood, so it's pretty cool. Um, so that is your Sunkiss Denver golden moment. Go to at Sunkiss Denver on Instagram. Check it out, fellas. I'm telling you right now, it is an unbelievable gift idea for your ladies. So check it out. Um, all right, so let's go to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 54, all right? I thought that San Francisco was going to win, and up to about seven minutes in the game, I thought they were going to win. Um, this entire game, okay, swung. We'll put it like this, all right? Let me get my thoughts in order here, okay? Super Bowl 54 and the entirety, all right? We're watching it right now on the on the screen in the lab at 6-0, all right? They, Kansas City just scored their first touchdown. And I think what swung the game is the Kittle push off at the end of the second half um, or at the end of the first half. I really think that that was not pass interference. And I said in the, in my podcast in episode 62 with Spano, when he came in and sat in um, that I thought a pass interference call would be one of the things that really swung this game. And lo and behold, it absolutely did. Um, I can't believe they actually called that. Kittle is not pushing off. Sorensen is just really slow. And I, I don't think that the refs, they weren't calling so much and they did such a good job of staying out of the way in the in the game that I don't understand why they had to get involved at that time. And they didn't. They didn't need to get involved at that time. They And honestly, I couldn't believe that Kyle Shanahan was not more aggressive with a minute and 30 seconds left and two timeouts. Like he was just content going in down 10 until he hit that play to Kittle and then you saw the, the fire spark on the sideline. And... 
Where was that fire at the beginning of the drive? They ran the ball twice. The clock was just running. I couldn't believe it. You're in the Super Bowl. And and on top of that, he has a history in the Atlanta Super Bowl of blowing a 28-3 to lead. Now he just blew a 20-10 to lead with six minutes left in the Super Bowl. I feel bad for Ben Garland. It's his third Super Bowl. He's lost at the, at center for, for the Niners. But I'm really pumped for Mike Pinnell. And my man Big Mike is going to be on the podcast when he comes back into town. We'll get back to work in here uh, and, and try and, you know, Win another fucking Super Bowl in Kansas City. But it's no surprise to me that when Mike got there, their run defense got a lot better. Um, he's a great two-gap defensive lineman. He does a really good job playing the three technique and getting up the field. He made a really, really big fourth down stop in the AFC title game. And he had a really big tip and huge pressure that caused a an interception in the Super Bowl. Uh, actually push-pulling Ben Garland, which was crazy. Dungeon on Dungeon Family Crime. Uh, dungeon Family on Dungeon Family Crime. So... It's pretty cool to see another Colorado guy get a ring, um, and then for Eric Bieniemy to get a ring. And what really pissed me off though is they weren't giving him any love in the broadcast, and he's calling as many plays as Andy Reid is, if not more. And I think that EB, this spite that he's getting right now, not getting a bunch of interviews and not getting a head coaching job, I, it's just going to drive him. If I know Eric Bieniemy. Um, I'm kind of pumped for Andy Reid. I don't really care if Broncos country didn't want the Chiefs to win. I picked San Francisco too, but Andy, I don't like using the word deserve in sports, but damn it, that guy deserves a ring. And there were no clock issues this time. Nobody can point in anything. And honestly, man, they might be hard to stop because, <laughs> fuck, dude. Um, uh, Mahomes is really good. Like, really fucking good. So... Dude, I, I I don't know, man. I think that there's a huge potential for Kansas City to go on a run here and win a couple Super Bowls in a row. I know that's not what Denver wants to hear, but who cares? Um, NFL Network asked the question, is Kansas City already a dynasty? No, they just won one in 50 years, so they're not a dynasty yet. Let them get two more, and then they have a three, and then they're a dynasty. Um, but, but I think that there's a lot of stuff coming out of the Super Bowl that you can look at each individual play, and you can. it really came down to this. In the fourth quarter, Mahomes decided to just take the ball in his hands and go win the game like he has the, in the divisional round and like he did in the AFC title game. And Damian Williams, who went for 126 and scored a rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown, he, he could have easily won the MVP as well. An undrafted running back did a great job. Um, the offensive line held up, and San Francisco's defense, look, if you want me to buy into San Francisco's defense being an all-time great defense like everybody was talking about, with up 10 points in the Super Bowl, I don't care who the other quarterback is. you got to close the door. You can't allow, you know, 17 points to be scored. What was it, 21 points to be scored on you that fast? I mean, they just they just marched straight down the field three times, pop, 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 and the game was over. And it was like San Francisco, San Francisco was sitting there like, damn, what the fuck just happened? So... You know, you can look back to specific things. I, I'm not really going to point at Shanahan's lack of, lack of like, play clock. or I, I don't think that the clock was really an issue. If he hits that that pass to Emmanuel Sanders, which was like two yards short, they go up 27-24. Or they go, they, yeah, 27-24. So things can swing on a, on a whim, which is why I don't know why the, the refs had to get involved with the Kittle play, going back to that. Kelsey's just as physical. Um, they didn't call the play on Rudolph in the playoffs, and that was a straight push-off. 
But again, he's a six, seven tight end. He's going to look bigger than the safety he's running next to. You got to know that as a ref. It was not pass interference. That's the way Kittle makes his plays with extension and, and creating space. Either he runs into him with the shoulder. It, the extension of the arm, Sorensen was holding it too. So look, man, I, I think that there's the refs have got to do a better job of being consistent. And the lack of consistency is a real problem. And it's not just a problem for me as an analyst now and as a coach. It's a problem for the players. You know, I've got the pros are starting to come back in now after they've had a little bit of time down. Super Bowl's over. It's time to get back to work. And all we talk about is the lack of consistency with the refs, the narratives that teams set for players, and how some how some fucking people have jobs and how some don't. And it's the it's the same thing I talked about when I was in the league. It you know it it's it's a very the NFL means not for long, and the Chiefs need to embrace that right now. They have a small window, and I hope that Mahomes goes for forty million dollars a year and plays that male ego up because if he does, they're not going to be able to win any football games consistently. I just don't see it. If he doesn't. And he plays the Tom Brady game, and he does a good job. And he does a good job, then I think everything could be great for Kansas City, and they could win a lot of games moving forward. So, you know, it's a very, it's a very easy thing to fuck up. Look what happened to the Broncos after Super Bowl Fifty. They got purged, and Manning retired. So, Mahomes is going to be there for a long time, and I think that Kansas City has a, a very, very, very good shot of being repeat champions. If not that, they're going to, you know, they're going to be a handful next year, to say the least. Coming back after all this positivity and everything they've been doing, so just keep in mind that Kansas City is uh, is going to be a real problem. San Francisco is going to be back there next year. Shit, man, I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same two teams. I know that's only happened once, but it could happen again. They're both pretty good. Um, Seattle's going to be pretty good. We'll talk about all that as we move forward. Episode 64, I'm going to dive into the Broncos and what they need to do and the draft. And that's going to be all Broncos because today we didn't talk about them at all. And we'll also talk about uh, the Colorado Buffaloes a little bit and their recruiting class and all that shit as well. So, look, this is a contentious episode. I know it's going to piss some people off and I could give a fuck. Uh, go check it out at thednvr.com and check it out on the iTunes platform on on, uh, on iTunes podcast. You can go find it at McChesney Unchained. Uh, we'll also be posting at the DNVR Unchained as well. Uh, I am Matt McChesney. We're down here at Six Zero Studios at Six Zero Strength. Check it out, SixZeroStrength.com. We can come in, build a bridge for you, and change your life. Uh, I got to go out and get rolling here with the Dungeon Family folks. Um, the only way we're going to change into anything is if everybody's on the same page and it stops being hobby town here in Colorado. So, in my opinion, you either get in where you fit in. Or you make your own space. And I'm your make your own space type. So save it. Episode 62 is a fucking wrap.